It's the time of year when we're all thinking about goals and priorities. Now is the time to plan your next trip. Whatever kind of travel fills you up, whether it's lounging on the beach, connecting with family and friends, or going on a foreign adventure, Expedia has the tools you need to plan a great trip. Download the Expedia app or visit Expedia.com to start planning. You do need to be a OneKey member to use price tracking. Signing up is easy and free. Expedia, made to travel. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card, you call the number for help, and can't get a hold of anyone. If you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right, a real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. Described by the media as intensely private, Michael Singer is known for two very different roles. He's the founder of a multi-million dollar software company, and he's a spiritual author. I was first introduced to Michael through his beautiful little book called The Untethered Soul. It's by my bedstand right now. He writes about how he found inner peace and happiness and says any one of us can do it too. Well, let me just tell you how this came to be. Did I tell you this already, how no, this came to no. be? That I discovered your book. I had uh, about six or seven girlfriends uh, at my ranch in Maui. I have the blessing of having a lovely ranch space in Maui. And for my birthday, uh, at the end of this wonderful three or four days, someone handed me, Peggy Fitzsimmons, left on the kitchen table, The Untethered Soul, this lovely book. I thought, oh, okay. And then I saw Deepak's notes, liner notes. Read this book carefully and you will get more than a glimpse of eternity. I like that. Mm-hmm. And the very idea of the untethered soul. So I thought, gee, what is that? The untethered soul. So I started reading it. First, part one is about awakening consciousness, which we've talked a lot about on the Oprah show and did a 10-part series with Eckhart Tolle on the web back in 2008. And... What I realized is that there are many paths in to understand this way of consciousness. And you talk about in the very first chapter, the voice in your head, Mm -hmm. and you described it in such great uh, terms. I started reading, I didn't put the book down, you know, luckily I had, you know, enough time on that particular day. And I've now shared it with, I can't tell you how many people and couldn't wait to be able to share it with everybody else. That's exciting. Yeah. So... What is the voice inside our head? Well, there's something we listen to on a regular basis. The problem is we think it's us. Mm -hmm. So, for example, you look at a vase and it says, God, look, that's a very interesting shape, but I don't really like the color that much. It reminds me of my grandmother's vase. And all of a sudden we have somebody narrating and talking inside our head. Mm -hmm. That is not you, right? Those are all your thoughts about the vase. And more and more as I watch that, I realize it never shuts up that it talks about everything, it judges everything, it thinks about everything. (laughs) Right, right. In the early 70s, Michael Singer was a young economic student studying for his doctorate. Sitting with a friend one day, he noticed a lull in their conversation, and in that quiet little lull moment, 
he became aware of the thoughts that were running through his head. He realized that that voice, that incessant voice that expresses worries and doubts and anxieties was not really him, but he was the observer of the voice. That inner dialogue was an expression of his psyche, not his soul. And that was the beginning of his awakening. And that was my path. That was the beginning of my path. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help to support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. So what happened actually in that moment now that you can describe? I know Eckhart Tolle has said that that is the awareness, the voice, the awareness of the thoughts or the awareness of the voice inside your head is where consciousness resides. And that is who we really are. Yes. So that's what you came to. Yes. That was, the, that was your open door yes. to the path to understanding yourself as a spiritual being inside a physical human body. With a mind. And isn't this the most important thing ever? Period. To get the period. 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 Bar none. None. Is the this most is the road to thing. the spiritual path. Yes. Is to understand that you are a spiritual yes. being. And the way to understand that you are a spiritual being is to know that you are not all that's of those thoughts. Key. That's the key. Right? Because so far key. we can't say what you are because that's a thought, right? Right. That's a thought. Just you know you're not the thought. Why? Because I'm watching it. Yes. You are there watching these thoughts. And sometimes people say to me, but which of those are me? None of them are you. You are the one who's watching. Okay, so I got this. Uh, I've shared this, so if you all have heard it before. When I was in India, I got it really clearly. I mean, I'd understood it through Eckhart. I'd understood it through Transcendental Meditation. I really got it. I was in India uh, earlier this year. And uh, there was a yogi who was leading me in meditation. And it was just the two of us. And he had me... Um, he said, you know, close your eyes, and now I'm going to name different uh, objects. And one was a red triangle, and one was the moon, and one was a, you know, a white picket fence or whatever, all these objects. And he said, you know, hold on to the object in your mind, and then when I name the next object, let it go. What I realized in that conscious moment was that that's what's happening all the time. 
red triangles and picket fences and chairs and thoughts about everything are coming in and you can let those thoughts, I'm not good enough, I lost my job, I can't believe he left me, I can't believe my kids did it. They're thoughts. They're thoughts. They are not you. They're not you. So how do we begin to separate ourselves from the thoughts? That's right. the question. Right, and that's, that's the key. What I love that you said is that really is the beginning of spirituality. That because is. to separate what you're not from what you are, if you don't do that, right. you're going to stay lost. The self is spiritual. The one who's watching is the gateway to spirituality. So if you continue to just get involved in the mind, in the, in the thoughts of the mind, this true spiritual path doesn't take place. So you ask this big, wonderful question, who are you? Who are you? And the answer when I ask you that question is? At this stage of my growth, who I am is the one who's in here, who notices the thoughts come up, who notices the emotions come out of the heart, and who sees whatever is in front of my senses. I am the seer. I am the one who sees. The one who sees. The one who sees. Okay. And you also talk about the lucid self. Yes. What is the lucid self? The example we use in the book is that you can have a lucid dream in which some people know about that, that instead of you're lost in your dream, that sometimes you know you're dreaming. Have you ever had one of those? Oh, where, I love it. Where you're aware that you're oh, dreaming. So yeah. And then I've had them to the point where I say, I'm going to get out of this dream. Well, that's beautiful. Yes. Right. So you are then more conscious in that dream than you normally would be, yes, right? Because you're yes. awake. In a sense, you're awake within the dream. Yes. That is what the lucid self is. And now do that in your real life, that your mind is continuing, life is following in front of you, but you are aware that your mind is moving, that the world is unfolding, but your seat of consciousness is transcendent to that. It's centered at a deeper level. And all of it just goes right by, and you don't have the same relationship with it that you used to have. It's something you're watching, not something you are. Something you're watching, not something that you are. And I would say, and you just, uh, I think, agreed with me that for everybody who is seeking, who's seeking this path of opening themselves up to being able to live a deeper, more enriched life, that understanding that concept is the most important yes. thing. Yeah. Period. That's it. Period. Uh, there are a few books over the years, spiritual books uh, by spiritual teachers. Uh, that have really been staples for opening the heart space for me, which is how I define spirituality. And I would tell anybody who is looking for a more deepened, enriched, fulfilling uh, life and looking to change your perception of who you are and looking for miracles to occur regularly, this is, this is the gift. I've given it to everybody, so. Thank you. Now I'm running out of people to give it to, so now I'm just sharing it with the world as I can. It's called The Untethered Soul. You say, if you really want to grow, real spiritual growth happens when there's only one of you inside. There's not a part that's scared and another part that's protecting the part that's scared. All parts are unified because there's no part of you that you're not willing to see. Yes. Oh, that's what being a whole person is, isn't it? Yes, that's integrity. That's true integrity. You are integrated as a being. Wow. That's a, isn't that why we're all here, to figure out how to do that? Yes. Yeah. But it's easy. We make it hard, but it's actually very, very easy. I love this, too, for everybody who's on the spiritual path, opening up your heart. Once you've made the commitment to free yourself of that scared person inside, you'll notice that there's a clear decision point at which your growth takes place. 
you just notice something starts to change. Yes. Spiritual growth is about the point at which you start to feel your energy change. Yes. Yeah. So basically, an event is happening outside, you're talking to somebody, enjoying the conversation, and all of a sudden they say something that hits something inside of you, a soft spot, and your whole mind, your heart starts to close, your mind starts to figure out, why did they say that? Did I say something wrong? And you go south. <laughs> you right, go somewhere, right. right? And you notice yourself starting to get involved in that reaction. And so at that moment, you have to decide, do I want to solve this? Does this need to be solved? And do I need to think about it? Or am I willing to just relax and let it pass? You're talking about that chapter, let go or fall? Yeah, that's right in there. Yes. Because if, when, when something comes in to disturb you, if you don't let it pass right through you, yes. you're saying that it will, the, the energy of it will drag you down into it yes. and then you become, you think you become that thing. Right. So what are we supposed to do right. when problems show up? The moment it starts with that chitter chatter, right? Your mind. My, my mind, my first reaction inside is to relax and lean away from that. To go to the seat of just, self. Just, you can use words. I just relax and lean away from it. Okay. Right? Yes, okay. it's true. You end up leaning into the seat of self. Okay. But I lean away from the noise the mind is making. And by seat of self, I mean that awareness yes, that yes, that yes, is yes, my yes, mind yes, speaking. Yes. 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 Uh-huh. So you're going to do one or two things. Once it starts, you're either going to lean into it and get involved. It'll yes, pull you in. which is what most of us do. Or you have the right. You have the right to relax and lean away. And what you're going to do is start to get some space. And you will learn over time that that's the smartest thing you ever did. Why? Because you gave it room to pass through, and it will pass right through. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to unlock your inner greatness? If so, make sure to listen to my podcast, The School of Greatness, hosted by me, Lewis Howes. Join me as I sit down with world-class performers, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders to uncover their secrets to success with new episodes every single week. Whether you're striving for personal growth, business mastery, or simply seeking inspiration, The School of Greatness has something for you. And you can find it on SiriusXM, Pandora, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe and follow to the show so you never miss an episode and start your journey to greatness today. Now, did this come to you over time? You learned this over time. I know I've read your story. You went to gurus. You sat alone. You meditated. You became almost a recluse. And, you know, for most of us, that's not the path we want to take. We just, good. (laughs) You say good. We just want to be able to, and I say we, speaking for myself, I want to be able to be connected to that seat of the self yes. that is ultimately where God flows through. Yes. The power of God flows yes. through. How do we begin to make that happen for ourselves? So because I did all of that and mm-hmm. tried all of that, yes. I am so proud to come back and tell you, no, you don't need to do that. You In don't fact, need to don't do it. do it. All you have to do is get to the point on your everyday life, every moment of life is a spiritual experience. 
I know you know that. Yes, I right? do. And, That's why we're and, here on Super Soul Sunday. And yeah. the reason it becomes a spiritual experience is because you've realized you are causing the vast majority of your own problems due to your mental reactions. So as life unfolds on a daily basis, you have the right to choose not to do that. You can still go to work. You still take care of the kids. You just lean away from this, this mess that the mind is doing to amplify and overemphasize or over-exaggerate whatever's going on. And then what do we do? Lean into what that, that awareness is saying? What will happen is when you let go of the noisy mind, you will end up in a seat of quiet, which I know you'll have to talk about. You'll end up in a seat of quiet because that's what it is back there is the quiet. The stillness, stillness. The stillness, yeah. right? Okay. And my experience is that now you can look at reality and you will know what to do. Just the fact that you don't have all this static, right? Yes. Means the quiet one who's clear will look at reality and it will be pretty obvious what it is for you to deal with it. Yes. Ultimately, I think what we're all seeking, even when we don't know it, when I would ask people on the show for years, what do you want? Everybody would say they want happiness. But aren't we all ultimately seeking freedom? Yes. We're seeking a state of absolute well-being, and that's what freedom means. That's what, that's right? what it means, yeah. And what's beautiful when you say, because I know you know it, is the true freedom is freedom from yourself. Yes. Right? I just want, like, what, how would you, I'll give you a vacation. Go to Hawaii, right? Yes. Or sit in the corner over there and go into ecstasy. Yeah. Which one do you want? Sit in the corner. <laughs> okay? Yeah. In other words, the joy is inside ourselves. Yes. It's just that this mind has gotten Because you can go all the way to Hawaii, and lots of people have done this. You get all the way to Hawaii, you save your money, you get to da-da-da, and you're taking your miserable self. That's right. That's right. Yes. That's why freedom is freedom from yourself, not freedom, freedom for yourself. Got it. May I just say, get the book, and now you'll know what I'm talking about. But this chapter I love the most. Let go now or fall. The exploration of self is inextricably interwoven with unfolding one's life. The natural ups and downs of life can either generate personal growth or create personal fears. Which of these dominates is completely dependent upon how we view change. Change, which people are so opposed to. Change can be viewed as either exciting or frightening, but regardless of how we view it, we must all face the fact that change is the very nature of life. Now, why are we so afraid of change? What basically happens is we've gone to the mind and said, I'm not okay. How does everything need to be for me to be okay? And then we have are devoted ourselves to try and create that situation. It doesn't work, but we don't know that yet. And so we try to create situations that we think will make us be okay. And when things start changing that don't match that model, yeah, we get scared. Yeah, we get scared because it looks like it's not going to work. Okay, I love what you say, too, in, in the next paragraph. You say, people don't realize that fear is a thing. Yes. Fear is a thing. It's a thing. It's just another object in the universe that you're capable of experiencing, and you can do one of two things with fear. You can... You can either push it away or you yeah. can let it go. Yeah. Right? You can either avoid it and, and be scared of it, mm -hmm. or you can let it pass right through. Okay. So what do you mean by let go now okay. or fall? Right. Fear comes up out of your heart. That's a very natural thing. It's human, all right? You are watching it. You see it. You have the right to relax, let it pass right through you. If you don't do that, you're going to try and fix it. You're going to try and control situations outside so you don't ever feel the fear, and it all starts to bother you. That's what it means you'll fall, and eventually you'll lose your consciousness, you'll forget your whole purpose, and you'll just be scared. You just get scared. You say the alternative is to decide not to fight with life, but that feels like just giving up and letting things take over. Right. You don't do that in any way, shape, or form, right? Life is a natural unfolding of reality. 
you're supposed to harmonize and work with it. You don't give up and let it take over, right? You're like, like if you get on a horse and you're scared, yeah. you're not going to be a very good rider, right? But that mm -hmm. doesn't mean you let the horse go wherever they want. Mm -hmm. You learn how to interface and interact with life in a wholesome, participatory way. Fear doesn't let you do that. So letting go of fear is not letting go of life. Okay, the first thing you would tell me to do is what we've been talking about, is to recognize the voice inside your head. Yes. Yeah. Step back, be allowed to be in the seat of self. And then the next thing. The next thing is when you're watching, see whether what that voice is saying is really helpful. In other words, is it really giving you good advice? Or is it just a neurotic voice talking inside your head? Mm -hmm. And you will find that in every situation you're in in life, there is a higher way to deal with the situation. Of course, there are situations that are difficult to deal with, but there is still a higher way to deal with that situation than being reactive, which is the only thing the mind is going to do. So one of my favorite other chapters, it's uh, chapter 17, Contemplating Death. It's truly a great paradox that one of the best teachers in all of life turns out to be death. No person or situation could ever teach you as much as death has to teach you. While someone could tell you that you're not your body, death shows you. I love that yes. line. You were, in, you were in the flow, man, when you were writing that. Were you not? Okay. While someone tells you, uh, someone could remind you of the insignificance of the things that you cling to, death takes them all away in a yes. second. Wow. How long did it take you to write this? It didn't take that long to write the really? book. While people can teach you that men and women of all races are equal and that there's no difference between the rich and the poor, death instantly makes us all the same. Love that. The question is, are you going to wait until that last moment to let... Let death be your teacher. My favorite line is where you say, uh, let's say you're living life without the thought of death and the angel of death comes to you and says, come, it's time to go. And you say, but no, you're supposed to give me a warning so I can decide what I want to do with my last week. I'm supposed to get one more week. Do you know what death will say to you? I've given you your whole life. <laughs> what were you doing with your whole life? How did you not be aware that your time is limited and you're supposed to be using it for something meaningful? Yeah. Death will say, my God, I gave you 52 weeks this past year alone. I love that. And look at all the other weeks I've given you. Why would you need one more? What did you do with all of those? If asked that, what are you going to say? How will you answer it? I wasn't paying attention. I didn't think it mattered. That's a pretty amazing thing to say about your life. Well done, Mr. Singer. Well, thank you. Well done. My other favorite chapter of my new favorite book, uh, the untethered soul, is removing your inner thorn. We all have them, right? Yes, we do. Do you still have some thorns? Of or course. Two? You do. Okay. The spiritual journey is about constant transformation. So you were saying, imagine, can you just do this for our audience, that whole p passage on imagining you have a thorn uh, in your arm that directly touches a nerve. Can right. you do that? So oh. the analogy we were using is, if you had a thorn that was touching directly to a nerve so much so that anything that touched it caused pain inside of you. So if you walked, difficult to walk through the woods and the leaf touched it, you weren't able to walk. If you were uh, trying to interact with people, it caused a disturbance. And the key point of it is you have two choices. One is you can either try to avoid everything in your life that touches that thorn, right. or you can do this amazing alternative, which is take it out. <laughs> All right. If you try to avoid it, you will be avoiding it for your entire life. 
It will Which go is on what constantly. we're all doing, right? Yes, it is. We're all doing. We're trying. We, we got our thorns in, and we don't want anybody to touch them. Yes. And if they touch them and they irritate our little thorn, we're upset because you shouldn't have touched my thorn. Yes. That's the whole. And that's the game that we play: is how do I build a life that avoids touching all this stuff that happened to me that I can't handle? When they happened, I couldn't handle it, and now it's caused all these soft spots inside of me. Thorns. So, thorns. So I need to create a life. Train everybody around me, all right, so they don't Avoid ever touch my that. thorn. Uh, don't touch Some people even say that. Don't you go there That's with right. me? That's yeah, right. yeah, exactly yeah. Right. right. The alternative is to understand you can remove that thorn inside of you the same as you can remove it outside. And if you remove it, you will never have to think about it again, and you can start to enjoy your entire life. And that is spirituality. How that is spirituality. Now, how do you how do you know what your thorn is? Disturbance tells you. Just like pain happens when you hit the thorn outside, yes. disturbance happens inside. Because it's never what is actually happening. Right. It's what is happening is irritating yes. your thorn. It was put Ooh. in there before. That's, That's good. very good. That's, That's very good. good. That's, That's good. good. So those events will show That's you. That's good. Y'all get that? That's really good. So even when you see your husband leaves the you know drawers open yes. or the whatever open yes, or the yes, left yes, yes. it's not about what's going on right. it's about the thorn yes. that was there yes. so okay how do we then begin to remove the thorns that's right. the spiritual journey right. is it not yes it is when something hits it you will feel a disturbance pop up inside of you right and you have to choose right then, what are you gonna do about that? Okay, so, and by something hitting it mean, meaning you're in a conversation, you're in your office, somebody says something, it hits a nerve, you think they have disrespected yes, you, whatever. they have stepped out of bounds, they shouldn't have said that, your boss did something, your child did something, that's the nerve. But what's the difference between that and they really did do something? The difference is you always start with saying, do I want to be disturbed? Do I like being disturbed? No, I don't like being disturbed. So I have a choice. An event happened outside. I can deal with that event without being disturbed. In fact, I can promise you I can deal with it better without being disturbed. Disturbance isn't helping you. Disturbance is hurting you. Got it. And so you are way better off learning how to deal with the disturbance. And that is also how you remove the thorn. They are directly related. The fact that the situation outside stimulated this disturbance inside of you means that you've uncovered something stored inside of you that needs to come out. You say earlier on in the book that we, in life, are to use our yes. problems yes. as a way through to the spiritual path. Yes. The, the, those problems that really we should, I don't know whether the word is rejoice, but you should be excited about these problems and because these problems are an opportunity yes, for you to look at what really is going, going on, on right. inside. Hey, God, that's a lot of work. Well, but net result is all you do, which I know you teach all the time, you talk about all the time, what do I do when I feel a disturbance, right? You relax. But people say, I don't understand. I just said I was disturbed. How can I relax? Yeah, like, like, <laughs> let, let's do something simple like, uh, like road rage, which I never understand okay. why, for the life of me, I can't understand why people get upset about somebody who cuts yes. in front of you mm -hmm. or somebody who... I, what is that? That's about something else that's going on, right? That's right. Okay. It's something inside of you that that's stimulated. Your inner thorn. Yeah, that's your inner thorn. So you got to decide, do I want to go out there and try to make sure nobody ever goes too slow in front of me or, you know, <laughs> devote yes. your life to that? Yes. Or would you like to say, look, I would like to enjoy my drive to work, even if somebody cut me off. 
but I can't because I just got extremely disturbed due to my past experiences. So we should look at our disturbances and see what our disturbances are trying to tell us yes. about ourselves. You know, it's like if your body started to hurt, you don't say shut up. You say, well, well, I wonder what's wrong. It's trying to talk to me. That is your heart telling you something's wrong inside of me. You want to get it out. And so you just appreciate life as your teacher. And then ultimately, just so we get it down, how do you get it out? You relax and it will work itself out. That is my experience. You relax. You relax and don't touch it and relax behind it. And it will come up and push its own way out. It's almost as if your heart doesn't want that inside. Yeah. And so just like the body pushes splinters out, yes. it will try to push it out, but you won't let it. Because the moment it tries to push out, you push it back down. Ooh, this personal growth thing. It's, a, it's real. But the freedom you it's get a lot. from Some it. days I say, Jesus, don't teach me nothing new today. Because you're constantly, every day, with every experience, have the opportunity to take that, quote, spiritual path. And by spiritual, we mean opening up yourself to better understand yourself. Right. And every difficulty, every challenge is there to help you do that. It is. And the beauty is you do not have to work out every one of your issues. You do not have to slick, oh my God, I got so many, I'll never do that. You do not have to. What will happen is you'll relax behind enough times to where your seat of awareness will now be centered more in your seat of consciousness instead of the issues keep pulling you out. And when you do that, you will start to feel something open up inside of you. I guarantee you, they call it spirit, call it whatever you want. You will start to feel a strength, a power behind you, not in front of you where the thorns are, behind you where you've been leaning back into yeah. and it will support you and strengthen you and feed you and the rest of the stuff will just fall away because it looks so meaningless. Where is God in all of this for you? At the end of that, the source of that. At the end the of? The source of that energy. Of the seed of self. Yeah, yeah the, the sort of the seed of self, you start to feel this beautiful love and joy and just it literally like a vacuum, it starts to pull you up into it. And I, me, God is the source of that, the source of spirit. And as you come closer into it, you get closer to God. And it, there's a joy that can open up inside that is so strong that nothing will ever pull you out. Your personal self will no longer pull you out. There's no struggle anymore, right? There's just this strength, the spiritual strength. You've turned the corner. Okay, how there's do you a, get that? By the more you are willing to not get pulled into your personal self. By removing the thorn. By letting the thorn be removed. Which is so interesting. You know, I, I remember, you know, a while back, uh, I was being blasted in the media for various things, uh, you know, what, what was happening with the channel or not happening and what people thought should be happening. And I was in the most peaceful space. Mm. I was at my home with the trees and the, the, and the sky and the, the, and all of a sudden I, it just, I went inside and all of that did not matter. I thought, isn't, isn't this interesting? And then that's when I did that thing you're talking about. I didn't know that's what I was doing, but yes. you just step back and yes. you go inside. Right. And that's always there. That's always available to you. And, now, and that's our connection to God. Yes. Yeah. And now you sit there and say, how much better able are you to deal with the situations that need to be dealt with from that place of peace yes. than you are from that disturbance? Because you can't, because once you allow yourself to be in the disturbance, then everybody's just disturbed. That's right. Everybody's doing this. Right. And what can we do? And right. what should we say? Yeah, and how should we react? Exactly. And what, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and when you bring that peace to the table, 
you spread it everywhere. And I know you know that, because I've heard you say that, yeah. right? And so all of a sudden, it's not just that you're better able, but everything around you is better able to deal with the situation. So to answer what you've asked me throughout, throughout the interview is, is how do you deal with these terrible situations? Aren't they real? They are real, and you should deal with them. But first, be ready to deal with them. Come from a space of peace, and you'll find that you can deal with anything. Even, uh, I know what the answer is going to be, but I'm asking this question because so often, People have said to me, oh, easy for you to say, Oprah, from where you sit, and easy to say if you haven't lost your job yes, yes. or you're not facing a terminal disease or easy to say if you're not going through difficult times in yes. your life. I know you went through some difficult times Thank because you. when I finished reading this book, the first thing I did was to Google to say, who is this guy <laughs> and where did he get all this information and how does he know what he knows? And what comes up when you Google your name, anybody who's watching, I know that you all are gonna do that, is that you were involved, you were indicted yes. several years ago yes. for fraudulent behavior, your uh, company was? Uh, Basically, yes. The government came in and accused the entire executive team of our company Which of you fraud. were chairman or I was, CEO? I was CEO at the time, yes, uh -huh. of fraud. So when you're in the middle of being charged by the government of yes. fraud, yes. were you innocent? Yes. Well, innocent in the sense that there was somebody who had done things in the company for sure, right, had been taking kickbacks and so on, and he pointed the finger up and said they knew what I was doing. Right? Did you? No, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> right? Well, so, I have to ask. Uh, well, of course you can ask. Of course. Okay, so, okay. Being accused or indicted yes. by the government for fraudulent behavior could cause you to be pulled down. And I mean, I've been on trial back in 1998. Yes, I, I mean, remember. the whole, I, I was, uh, oh, oh, what is this all about? Were you able to stay in that centered space of spirit that you talk about during that whole time? Yes, completely. You were? From the moment that took place, a the piece. The moment. The moment. The oh, moment. Boy. I'm not that good the yet. The peace came over me, and I just rested back into it, and my attitude was, my God, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to let go of some serious, anything is left of me. <laughs> because, as you said, it was pretty noisy stuff, right? And, and. There was a part of me, right, that of course would never want to be in that situation. I didn't do anything, right? But I let go of him. The whole personality, the whole Michael Sanger, right? Yeah. That let go of him. Right? This is not a situation that he should be in, but he is. It's God's grace. It's something that God, I felt that God was reaching down to pull whatever was left of my ego out, and he used this situation to do it. We defended ourselves, of course, right? But I knew I didn't do anything. And so the question was, are you willing to use the situation to just complain and carry on how unfair it is? Are you willing to use the situation to let life reach in to the bottom of your heart and pull out whatever's left of your self-concept, your ego, your, your scared self, and stand there? And what it does is give you birth. It gives you spiritual birth. It went on for six years. I'm gonna, it went on for six years. God, God did me good. That is amazing, because I, I was on trial for six weeks, and I thought, whoa. I never actually went to trial. It got dropped. The charges got dropped before trial. Yeah. But the investigation. But the, the whole thing. The, all the, the noise. Thing. Six years. Six years. And you are telling me, Michael Singer, that in six years, you never said, oh, God, why me? Oh, this is a terrible, terrible thing. Oh, my God, what's going to happen to me? That's correct. It was the opposite. It was... If, if I have one I chance, if I have one chance opportunity in my life for liberation, God just gave it to me. How am I going to get rid of myself? How am I going to finally pull that thing out, that 
big thorn, right, of me. <laughs> the me. Yes. Right? Yeah, I yeah, care yeah. what everybody thinks and scared to death that somebody would think I did something wrong or anything like that, right? Wow. And so I chose to do that. And so my mind wasn't saying, why me? My mind was saying, take it, take it, just take it, please, take it away. I don't want to carry this burden anymore. Not the burden of the thing, the burden of me. Wow. Right? And so it's a very spiritual thing. I wrote that book in the middle of that experience. You wrote this book in the middle of that experience? Yes. You wrote this book yes. in the middle of all yes. of the crazy yes. being indicted yes. in the th thing? Yes. You know, there it is, right? That's the life. If you live that life, you can go very, very deep and you can handle anything. You can handle anything. and All of it can help you go to God. You just use it to go to God. That's what Ramdas used to say. Use it to go to God. All of it can help you go to God. If you use it properly, if that's what you want. Well, this is what's so interesting about what you just said. I just love that because, you know, my prayer for the past couple of years, even before I ended the Oprah show, was a closer walk with God, was a closer, closer walk with God. Now, I think when I was praying that prayer, I thought that that was going to be walking through the lilies of the field. <laughs> there would be lots of roses going through the garden, you know, because you think that that's what it's going to be. And sometimes it's not. You must die to be reborn. I love that Christ said that. You understand that? Those are Christ's words. Right. You must die to be reborn. It means you must be willing to let go of your personal self, of your psychological self, of the complaining voice. Your of, identity. Of all that. Your Just, image, uh, your blah, blah, yeah. blah, all that. In order to be who you are, you must be willing to let go of who you think you are. That's what's meant by you must die to be reborn. And as you let that go, and he will help pull it out. Right? And so you wow. use it spiritually and, and, and you will see that it will help you more than any meditation or anything. You meditate so that you have the center so you can let go of what life is doing. The real growth is letting go. That's perfect. Thank you. That was great. I'm Oprah Winfrey and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening.